Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Who Are You and What Do You Do? As always, I'm your host, Chris Golian, and today I'm sitting down with electrical inspector Robert Kirkpatrick, better known as Kirk. Kirk, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Kirk, Santa Claus, you know, if, if you've seen any of those videos or at the Christmas parties, you have a lot of titles. I wear many hats. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll get started you know, right off the bat here. Sure. How long have you worked for the city of Brunswick? Uh, I'm just coming up on my th- uh, three-year anniversary. I started uh, January of 21 and uh, been here since and love every minute of it. Prior to that, I was a electrician for 32 years and uh, decided to retire. And this is my chapter two in life. And now I'm doing the inspecting part. So Interesting. So you already kind of answered a few of my other follow-up questions. So um, I guess, uh, you know, being an electrician probably got you interested in this type of uh, work. But what made you want to become an electrician? Uh, family tradition more than anything. My great-grandfather was an electrician. My dad was an electrician. My brother was an electrician. And I just loved every aspect of it. I liked the construction part of it. I liked the, uh, the math part of it. I liked the, the, all the different aspects. And there's always something different. It's just not receptacles and light switches. Believe me, it's, you know, there's cable tray, there's conduit, there's trench work, there's, you know, different size cables, there's transformers, there's switch gear, PLCs, controllers, and everything, in the, in the, and motors, and everything in the middle. So there's always something different. It's not a uh, cookie-cutter career by no means. And I enjoyed every single day of it. You know, they say it's not work when you, when you enjoy it. Well, it was hard work. Don't get me wrong. It was real hard work, but I, I enjoyed every day of it. And so just judging by what you're saying there, I imagine you enjoyed that variety, that it was never the same thing all the time, that there's different challenges that come with those things. Yeah, yes. I mean, we were known to work ourselves out of a job. That was what we did. We worked out of the union hall, and we'd get a call to go to a job, and it might be six months, it might be six days. It might be six years. I was fortunate enough to get on a job for 15 years. So you just never know when you take that call from the hall that they need electricians, what it, where it's going to be, what you're going to be doing. Is it going to be inside? Is it going to be outside? Is it going to be up high? Oil cellar, dirt field, you know, coal pile. You, know, you just never know. So that aspect of it is what makes it nice. Yeah, that, that, that is quite the variety. That is a little bit of everything. So yeah. That's interesting. Um, and so you said you, that you were a union electrician, so mm-hmm. you hadn't worked for any other municipalities. That was just the only thing that you did prior to coming to the city of Brunswick. Once I retired in 2018, we moved to Florida, thought the sunny life would be the way to go. And I did end up working for the city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, as a plans examiner. But that was a strictly inside job, looking at sitting at a print table, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week. And it, not that it wasn't bad, but when we decided to make the move back to Ohio, I said, I'm going to get my inspector's license so I can be outside, you know. So, and that's what kept me in the field. This is my chapter two. And I have a lot to, I have a lot of knowledge in the electrical field. And that's part of the allure is seeing different projects every day, inspecting them, 
seeing different ways it's done that's not necessarily wrong but it's just done different so you know we inspect to the code not to the personal preference so to speak and so i'm always fascinated to know this uh, how do you how do you stay up on and keep those codes regular? You know, like fresh in your mind is you know, you're talking about the variety of things that you might be seeing or might be interacting with within a day, and so that requires also a lot of knowledge of that code because there's different subsections and things like that. There, how do you yes. keep all of that? I don't know if even memorize is the right well, word. Well, me- memorize memorize is going to be near impossible. There are guys that have taken the time and they do memorize it. They live the code. As a uh, journeyman wireman electrician, I was fortunate enough to teach the apprenticeship program for 12 years. And part of that teaching was teaching the NEC, the National Electric Code. So I do have a very good understanding and knowledge of the code, the way it's laid out, the nine different chapters, the table of contents, and the additions come as significant changes. The code's updated every three years. So back when I started, it was in the, I think we were in the 84 code book, and now here we are. We skipped, we went to the 2020 code, but they skipped it, and now we're going to start the 2023 in March. So there's a lot of changes, has been, and there's always code up, upgrade classes, you know, that you can go to. Now they're on the online, so you don't have to travel. And it's pretty much highlighted in the code where these changes occur you just have to know what to look for what you're looking for and i guess that's where that wealth of experience comes in is that you're already familiarized so the updates it's not like you're learning everything new again every year it's sure you know, bits and pieces to it mm-hmm. um so you know in in talking about that what is a typical day like i often use the phrase is there such a thing as a typical day it, um, as as an electrical inspector yeah it can get typical we, you know we start out the morning we're there at eight thirty. we don't start inspecting till nine thirty. so we look at our inspections for the day you know kind of map it out see what we're going to be looking at look at the weather if there's any weather issues, we may call the contractor or call the homeowner and say, are you still going to do that because of the weather? Or do you need it moved up because rain might be coming in this afternoon or something like that? And then it's, it all depends. We have a lot of residential building going on in the city of Brunswick. We have a lot of commercial work going on in the city of Brunswick. So in a couple inspections in the morning, I might be looking at you know house panels and an underground electric at a residential neighborhood and in the afternoon i might be at the uh, at a restaurant or a new store opening on center road somewhere or pearl road so it definitely there's definitely a variety there especially in the city of brunswick and what goes along with those inspections and how do they differ from residential for or from residential to commercial a lot of your res, uh, commercial inspections are, they start out as a rough inspection. So they might have the studded walls up, and it's always metal walls, and they might have the ceiling grid in, but then they'll have just the boxes and the wire pulled. And I go in and I look at to make sure the number of boxes that's required is there, the height requirements are there, if there's any ADA requirements that need to be met, emergency lighting, exit lighting, uh, smoke detectors, you know, stuff like that on a commercial project. And then once they go ahead and put the walls up and get everything mounted, then we go do an electrical final. 
And usually between those two, there's what they call an above ceiling inspection, where I go in and look at the, everything above the ceiling, and then they put the drop ceiling in, and it could cover that up. Interesting. And then for on the residential side, what does that look like? The residential side is mainly the house service, the panel location, the, again, receptacles, switches, the required number of outlets. You know, there are requirements on how much wall space you can go before you have to have another receptacle. There's requirements for the light switch uh, height. Each bedroom has to have a ceiling fixture. Each bedroom has to have a smoke detector. Uh, your kitchen countertops have to be GFCI protected. You have to have a dedicated microwave circuit, a dedicated refrigeration circuit, and then whether you have a gas range or an electric range, you could have 220 and 110 just in case they don't know which one they're going to put in. But a lot, a lot of new houses now, they're putting fireplaces in and they're putting TV receptacles and TV outlets above these fireplaces, so you got to look at those to make sure that they're right so they're not too close to the firebox. So there's there's quite a bit to look at, and that's that's part of the, the you know again part of the allure is just making sure you get all that taken in, right? And like you said, there's I mean there's a, quite a bit that goes into that, which is interesting for somebody like myself who does not know a lot about that. Right. Um, I've not built a house or been a part of that in any way, shape, or form. So that's 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 pretty fascinating when you look at it. Now, to get a little bit away from work, I know that mm -hmm. you're involved in um, different community organizations, uh, most notably the Rotary Club. Yes. Um, you know, would you mind talking a little bit about that, what you do there, sure. what the Rotary Club is even about? No, the Rotary, the City of Brunswick Rotary is a fantastic organization. It's a civic organization that tries to fulfill the needs of organ other organizations and people that require some financial assistance. For instance, we do trike and bike. We sponsor that heavily. That goes towards pediatric, pediatric cancer research. So we have a fundraiser every September that brings kids from all over the city to usually the middle school or the high school. They ride their bikes for an hour with sponsorships. And over the past three years that I've been involved, I know we're over well over $100,000 that we've raised for that. And then we do Thanksgiving baskets. We have donations brought in where we sponsor 12 different families at Thanksgiving. And then this, the weekend before Thanksgiving, which was just this past Sunday, as a matter of fact, we, we all assembled, all got our trucks and vehicles loaded, and we all went our separate addresses and delivered these Thanksgiving baskets. And that's very rewarding when you knock on somebody's door and say you have free food for them. I mean, there's turkey, there's potatoes, there's spread, there's milk, there's eggs, there's pies, there's laundry soap, you know, the cranberries, applesauce, green beans, corn. I mean, it's all there, and we get to hand it to them. And, and then there's usually gift cards for Myers or Marks or Drug Mart or uh, even gas cards. So it's, it's, that's very yeah, rewarding. Yeah, it's a full too. spread. <laughs> Definitely full spread. And then a year and a half ago, we had the, uh, uh, let's have to say, it's a good place for a pause. <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hmm. Well, 
we were involved heavily involved in the uh, ADA accessibility to Nora Park Playground, which was huge on our plate and a huge success. There's not too many times that you drive by there where you don't see a, a lot of cars in that parking lot and people using that playground. It's a it's a tremendous asset to the city. Yeah, and that was that was especially well. It's cool to see that it's so popular and that yeah. it's so used. But it was also really neat um, to see so many different community organizations, community members, um, right. put forth effort in some way shape or form whether it was a donation whether it was holding fundraisers of their own and so that was a really cool thing and um you know that's that's really great and mm -hmm. rotary does a lot of really great things um in fact it, in our own way the rotary club donated some of the funds for us to purchase uh, podcasting equipment for the public so if you've if you've checked out any of the recorders those are, are courtesy of the rotary club they are what helped the this whole brunswick Brunswick podcasting needs so to it's, start. It's kind of gone full circle here, back to yeah. back to where we're at today. Exactly. That's so a, that's, that's a great way to put it. That's great. Um, now, um, you know, to get back into the work uh, mm -hmm. thing, yeah, work things. Um, as the Christmas season's upon us, uh, there's a lot going on. You talked about the variety of of things electrically going on in the house, and so. Uh, do you have any best advice, best practices for the residents out there, or residents anywhere, really, yeah. not even just the city of Brunswick, but with with what to do with lights, whether inside, outside, and that kind of kind of thing? The biggest thing is with extension cords. People use outdoor cords inside and inside cords outside. You don't use inside cords outside. That's not they're not made for that. They're, you're not going to be protected, and you have to have electric shock hazard is uh is definitely there you know each year over 4600 residential home fires are associated with extension cords while they happen all year round they happen but the majority of them is around christmas people plugging in extension cords where they shouldn't be draping them behind a tree or over a branch or something like that outside and therefore it creates a hazard Make sure you have the right cord for the job. Never double up on cords. I mean, you, you can you go, a cord is designed with the right gauge wire to go 50 feet. So you need to go 100 feet. You need to buy a bigger cord and has bigger wire because of voltage drop. Never bury or hide cords. Never cut or remove the grounding prong. Find the correct cord. Never watch using those adapters that you screw in the light sockets too. That's a big no-no. I mean, I see people doing that all the time. They take a light bulb, they put this adapter in, and they put the light bulb in, and they plug an extension cord in that, and then they go from there. So, and then also around this time of year, you want to bring, you know, make sure your fire, your smoke detectors are up to date and tested and properly maintained make sure you had changed the batteries at fire protection months make sure that they're all working and if you have a live christmas tree please make sure you keep it watered so it doesn't dry out 33 percent of all christmas tree fires happen after christmas day because people just forget to keep keep watering them and then that's when they catch fire those are some of your best tips. Yeah. And that's 
seemingly simple things, but they go a long way. Yeah. You know, getting the right courts, not doubling up on courts, things that you, that you see all the time. Mm-hmm. Even just checking that those inside and outside courts. Uh, it, right. It's, it's a big difference. And then, you know, it seems like a minimal effort for, you know, a big time return. If you don't do those things, you open yourself up to a lot of uh, a lot of trouble and, sure. and heartache and tough things to deal with. And so uh, just don't go there. Right. <laughs> and a big thing with the, you know, the inside courts versus the outside courts, if it has has a three-pronged plug on it, a ground, then it's an outside cord. And so don't plug, don't take that outside cord, plug it into the female end of the inside cord, leave that ground hanging out. That's, that's That ground's there for a reason. Use the grounded cords outside, save the two-wire cords for the inside work. I appreciate that, and I'm sure the residents and all of our listeners uh, will appreciate those tips as well. Um, so, Kirk, I usually wrap things up on the show by asking everybody what's the favorite, what is your favorite part of your job? So, I'll ask you what is what's the most favorite part of your job? The one of the, I guess, the favorite part of my job is teaching. I mentioned earlier that I was an apprentice instructor for over twelve years, and on my in my job now, if I see a code violation or something that's questionable i have the ability to teach that younger electrician or even the older electricians the proper way to make sure it's it's code uh it satisfies the code my job is not to fail people my job is to educate them to do it the right way i inspect to the code but that doesn't mean that if it's not code compliant, you're going to fail. We're going to talk it out. We're going to communicate, educate, communicate, and then facilitate. So, I mean, that's the, definitely the way to do it. You don't want to just go in and start failing people because you're not going to you're not going to get nowhere that way. And it's going to slow the contractor down. It's going to slow the customer down, and it's going to make the uh, city look bad too because they got an inspector that doesn't want to do anything but fail. Well, if you're going to fail, tell me why I'm failing. You know, educate. Let's so we don't actually use. We don't like to use the word fail. Let's just say, hey, let's re reexamine this. Let's you know look at it. Let's come back around. And what can we do different to make it code compliant? That's that's really that's great, and that that shows sort of the tone that you set with your inspections and and just the the relationships that you're trying to help build. You're not trying to tear anybody down. You're trying to build them. No, right. We're all in this together. We want to build Brunswick to be one of the the biggest cities that we can and the safest cities that we can. So that's why I'm here to make sure that electrically I can do the the best I can to make sure that happens. Well, we appreciate you doing that type of that work, and I appreciate you coming on the show, Kurt. Thank you again. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. I, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Uh, tune into this episode and all the other episodes of Who Are You and What Do You Do on bat.vibit.com, as well as on various podcasting platforms. Until next time, see you, everybody. 